the future of photography. Hey there, Chris. How are you? Uh, I'm in a childish mood. You're in a childish mood. Because Excellent. of the title of this episode. <laughs> Do, you, do oh uh, do you get the reference to the title of this episode? Well, g- cameras that eat more carrots. Um, well, eating carrots apparently makes you see better. That's what we were told as kids. Like eat That's more carrots true. because it's it's good for your eyesight. Do you, do you know where that, that, that uh, and there is some basis in uh, science of that? Of Isn't course. there the vit- um, vitamin A connection, something like that? Yeah, uh, yes, and something called carotene or something like that. As uh, that, that, but but um, uh, what popularised that actually um, was uh, some World War Two propaganda. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, the in the in the Second World War, um, the, the both the the Germans and the British were uh, investing heavily in the creation of radar technology. True. Yeah. Uh, but the Brits got there first, and so the proper so eating more carrots, helping you see in the dark, was part of the pro- the disinformation campaign, so that the Germans wouldn't find out that we'd actually succeeded and built radar that functioned. Really? Yep. That is very interesting. I didn't know that. So eating more carrots helps you see in the dark. You see, that's that that was the thing. So how did we know the German planes were coming over the UK? Well, we could see in the dark because we ate lots of carrots. Uh-huh. There you go, see? Do do carrots even grow in that in that cold and wet country over there? <laughs> what as opposed to your cold and wet country? Sorry. <laughs> I could not do that. Do you know what? It Good hasn't resist. rained. As we record here, it hasn't rained for about three weeks. I know you have, a, you have, de- and it's been thirty degrees every day. We, we're, 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 I think we might be coming towards the end of it now. But we have been having a, a, a massive heat wave here. I, I know. I'm aware of that. And we had uh, we had a bit of a heat wave, but now we had the, th- the third consecutive day of rain, and the garden likes it, and I'm happy that it's cooling down. <laughs> it's, yes, it's wonderful. Um, our lawn is a delightful shade of beige at the moment. <laughs> yeah, same, same with ours. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have to be a little bit careful with the water. Okay. I don't know if you get this in Germany, but um, in the UK, we, we uh, sometimes in the summer have hose pipe bands. Um, uh, we haven't had those find, here. Yeah, we haven't had those here. For using a hose pipe. No, we, have, we haven't had those here yet, but uh, which is funny because... Britain isn't that the country with most water, most water in the world? It's got pretty. Uh, no, 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 that can't be right. No, no. Um, surely that's Ireland. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> they don't call it the Emerald Isle for nothing. Yeah. Um, but the uh, no. But what's the, what's the population of Germany? Uh, Eighty million. Okay, above, and we've uh, got above. about seventy million. But your yeah, Germany is a lot bigger than the UK. So there's, there's quite a uh, area wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's quite a, a drain on the on the water supplies in the UK. But ho hum. Anyway, that is not why. That is not. How do we bring this back to cameras? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, the title of the show: cameras that eat more carrots. Okay, so th- let me <clears throat> let me paint a picture with words here, because I guess most of us have a, a, a mental image of what a movie set looks like or, or a tv or a video set looks like um you know on location where you have big trucks and some of them have got food in and some of them are makeup studios and some of them are wardrobe and stuff like that but then you've mm-hmm. got these enormous lights that come on their own dollies and some of them are you know two meters across or you know six feet across or something like mm-hmm. that and uh you know they had they 
huge, huge spotlights. And, and, and sometimes you think, well, why do they have to be so big? Um, but they have to be big um, because, and really powerful because they have to be a long way from the action that you're shooting. And the reason they have to be a long way from the action that you're shooting is so that you don't get a noticeable fall off of light across your scene. True. Um, if you have them close, the, the thing that would be close to the light would be so much brighter than the thing that is far away from the light. Exactly. And, and you know, anybody who indulges in any kind of flash photography uh, uh, or even in more modern times, uh, you know, LED panel kind of lighting for, for, for photography um, will we'll, we'll know that if you, especially if you're trying to shoot a group with one speed light, <laughs> that's always challenging because there's always somebody whose face is just glowing like they've eaten nuclear fl fuel and then there's another one that looks like they're hiding in the dark at the other <laughs> end of the group. Yep. Or maybe that's just my lack of skill, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, so you have to have these big lights. You have to have, uh, and and uh, and technically, uh, that, of course, is called the inverse square law. And I've put a, for, for anybody who's interested in reading about the inverse square law, um, I've put a little link in the show notes uh, to the Wikipedia entry for that. But the, um, the short of it is, the short of it is, if you want more even light uh, in, throughout a scene, the light has to go further away. Yes, that's right, because of the nature and the way that the, the inverse square law describes the way that light drops off. And then if you want soft shadows, you also have to have a big light source, so that makes those big and far away. Well, that's true. And not just big, of course, big relative to the relative, yeah. subject. So, uh, you know, because the sun is quite big, but it casts very hard shadows, <laughs> so... So it has to be big relative to your subject. So there's all of that stuff, you know, and that all contributes to the mental image we all have of, of a movie set with enormous lights and lots of people milling around and all of that sort of stuff. But but the world, I think, is is maybe in is starting to change because you know our cameras have eaten more carrots. They can see in the dark. Ah, <laughs> they see see there was a real there was a link to the show title. <laughs> you need right? quite a big shoehorn though. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, 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 no! It was subtle and delicate, and nobody noticed at all. You know, you know what? You know what? My now I have this visual image in front of my inner eye of a camera with bunny ears <laughs> eating the carrot. <laughs> That's just it. so. Yeah, but but you know, this is this is. Uh, I'm, Everybody knows cameras are better in low light than than ever before. You know, uh, it's it's not yeah, it's not so long ago that the top end of a camera would be about sixteen hundred ISO, and now you can get them up to you know a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, and 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 you more importantly, you can get usable ISO up to about fifty thousand. Usable is usable is the key term here because uh, it's always the the noise level in photos is always a function of what you what you need it for yes absolutely good point very subject very subjective and very um particular to the 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 use case but having um, said that i have seen amazing stuff coming out of cameras with virtually no noise at really high isos yeah yeah um so what would you think uh if i said to you there are now high budget uh tv se series being shot with no additional light. <laughs> I would not be too surprised, but that's only because I kind of have an eye on the development here. Well, fair, fair, fair enough, fair enough. But there is now uh, 
at least one uh, TV show on HBO called Sharp Objects, which is doing exactly that. They are shooting the wow. whole of that show without adding light. That is interesting. Isn't it? Isn't it? So, so you know, it's, it, it, it introduces um, a fantastic, diff, fantastically different aesthetic. So, you know, if you have a character that turns away from the ambient light source, you know, they are affected, not, not necessarily in shadow, but certainly it's, yeah, um, they are <clears throat> less well lit. So, so you don't have this thing, you know, anymore where the whole scene is evenly lit or, or where you, you know, like the film noir thing where the faces would be, would be lit very brightly and the rest of it is left to do what it wants to do. It's almost the opposite of film noir lighting techniques from the thirties and forties in some ways. Uh, uh, it, it, and it is, it's a really, if you look at, and, and I've put um, a link to an article um, I got off uh, the website, no film school. Uh, dot com uh where they've got uh, an article about this and how it's been done and uh also uh, some stills from from the show um not everybody of course has access to hbo um so uh, and i don't personally so i haven't actually had the opportunity to watch the show which is a shame because i'd be really intrigued um but i thought that the, I, I read this article i thought that's fascinating that that fu- that could fundamentally change the the way that tv programs are made or even potentially movies are made and and they they try and and it not only is it a different lighting aesthetic but because they want to use ambient light they try and shoot uh, on location far more so it changes the the model of of production as well because they're not shooting in a studio so this is not something like i don't know well pick a a, a sitcom of your choice uh d- doesn't matter which one um which is you know set in a you know, shot in a studio and i've been to see these things before actually in the uk you can often get free tickets to recordings for tv programs mm-hmm. um, i've done that yeah 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 it's good it's good fun i've been to um uh well, plenty of places actually but it's good fun going places like pinewood studios where you go into the little tv studio but you walk past the 007 james bond soundstage to oh. get there, you know. <laughs> I've I've been to Shepparton Studios once um, to attend a recording of Red Dwarf. Oh, oh well, oh, wow! That, that, now there's some serious geek cred there, isn't it? Yes, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, um, and uh, that's uh, uh, yeah. So Shepparton, uh, I think I've been to Shepparton. Is 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 similar, and 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 there are many of these studio complexes on the outskirts of London, but huge installations. Um, Yes, yeah, there are, and and uh, there's some some very big movies shot all around the outskirts of London. But uh, the uh, yeah, but it's not, but it's moving away from that model, and it's uh, it's shooting in uh, sometimes in real people's homes or or outside, you know, in, in the daylight um, or at night, but using street lights and things like that. It's a it's a very different production model and a very different aesthetic. Now, uh, it, it, it's not always possible because sometimes you have to shoot in a studio. And so what this team you know, that was shooting the Sharp Objects show uh, uh, did was that they had a rule for studio, studio lighting that they had to build sets with actual windows in and they were only allowed to light through the windows uh, and stuff like that so that they were they were sticking true to the aesthetic of no added light, even though because of logistics, they had to shoot indoors in a studio. So um i just just this blew my mind and I, and uh, you know as always what does this mean for the future of photography well what does it mean for lighting what does it mean for for fashion you know fashion in 
in the aesthetic, um, fashion, uh, in topic and content for these things, maybe, you know, and, and, the, and the tone and the feel of the content. Um, does it, is it, is it, is it the the death toll for this classic teal and orange color grade <laughs> that has no place in an aesthetic like this? You know, are, you like, sure, are you sure it doesn't? Uh, okay, so I have a well, few maybe, okay, but 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 not maybe in the in the Hollywood blockbuster where everything is either teal or orange. Kind of, <laughs> I, I have know, like a few a thoughts on comic or something. Yeah, I have a few thoughts on this whole topic. Um, the first is it does change the aesthetics and if it changes the aesthetics, it can change the viewing habits of an audience. So um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, people, if audiences would in future kind of expect a different aesthetic from the uh, away from the polished kind of studio type lighting. Um, I think that um, th there is an advantage of shooting in the studio, a huge advantage. And that is you are not, you do not depend on the lighting. So if you want to create a scene that or shoot a scene that happens at night, uh, a good lighting person can recreate that with just light in a studio and it's consistent and they can shoot for 10 hours in the same light. So I think uh, th this, this, was, this does not mean the death of studios. It does not mean the death of the profession of uh, the lighting person. Um, what is the, what's the technical term for that? The lighting person. Is that the grip? Uh, Possible. Don't, okay. No, don't, don't. Yeah. No. No. Not not the not the not the creative <laughs> side of it wouldn't. A lot of it's done by by the uh, the DOP, isn't it? Um, the director of photography the DP, uh, yeah. is heavily involved in the uh, in the lighting as well as the the composition. Oh, very very uh, yeah very likely and uh, but so so it will not it, it will not make these jobs obsolete but as you said it might just change that to uh to uh to a place where those lighting people will have to be able to recreate these scenes that were that they find outside it it is in it is isn't it? yes I, I think if anything it almost will make the the art and, and the technique of lighting these things um more challenging in some ways i would think so yeah um you know, one of the things that that is stated as as a benefit of shooting using ambient light and shooting on location is that your characters are far more free to move Th um, that is and you can have a much true, yes. and you can have a much more organic uh, set of movements to you know f from the actors from the characters I I in the tv or the movie um, because they don't always have to hit a mark because that's where the light is focused you know uh, and stuff like that although that again presents challenges and how do you track audio for stuff like that <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, 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 i think there's a difference um we, we've seen a difference in shooting the moment digital entered the scene when cameras did not have to have film anymore because when you shoot film you're very limited you have a uh, and you have so, so and so many feet or meters of film that you can use so you have to be very e economic with it and with digital it's different so the shooting style changed but there are still a lot of filmmakers that love shooting film not just for the the let's say the the the, the nostalgia of it but also for the kind of a workflow that it dictates on you. And it I'm not saying one is better than the other, but it changes the way you work and it changes your possibilities. And working in a rigid 
way like with film it doesn't mean it's worse it doesn't mean it's uh it, it, it in some ways it might be better because you have less of editing to do in the end because you shoot much more uh towards a goal as opposed to just letting things run and i think well, that, we have a, true, a similar yes. thing going on here yeah i mean the dis the discipline of working with film um really or the discipline required to successfully work with film i suppose is maybe a better way of putting it you know will we'll, we'll drive a certain workflow um uh, where so but it i i you know it's uh it, it's It's really, it's it's just really interesting to me that that this is something that is now possible, um, you know. And and yeah, there's there's been that, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's always an internet argument, isn't there? Uh, has been for for very many years now about oh well, I'm an available light shooter, and they on the other side, well, I I, I only shoot with the light available light. I just make sure I have a load of available light in my <laughs> camera bag, you know, and and stuff, and you know, it, but th I never thought I'd see the, that as a, as a as an option in uh, in in high budget, you know, high production value commercial productions. Um, so it, it I, I think it's great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes, and I'm really hoping I can get my hands on one of these shows and start watching it. I'm hoping it. I, I'm guessing if it's on HBO, it's probably not going to come to Netflix anytime soon. But <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'll see. I, I think I need to do a little bit more research and see if there's anybody else who's who's using this technique or, or something like it, and just to, to see if I can consume some of the product, as it were, um, because I, I suspect there'll be. For 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 me personally, I expect there'd be a huge amount I can learn for for my photography. You know, for, from looking at something like this, you know, I can imagine myself you know, trying to you know, analyze it somewhat, and uh, and and see where it goes, see where it goes. But yeah, hmm, interesting stuff. So, it's uh, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, well, let's let's it. leave it. Let's leave it at that. That's. Let's leave uh... <laughs> Did well, we... before yeah, let's leave it at that because it it is a pretty open ended thing and a bit it's something I'm going to watch evolve. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll close this out because I did spot a fun news item, um, uh, which I I thought absolutely has a place in the future of photography, which is not related to the carrots. It's not related to the carrots. It's not related to the main <laughs> topic of this show at all. No, it's it's just an entirely frivolous news item. So that there there is a chap um, who has built a camera. Uh, where you take a photograph of somebody and it prints you out on a little bit of paper, a cartoon drawing of the photo you've just taken, but you never, ever get the photo. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. I'm looking at the, this is fun looking. So, so yeah. th this, this is, this will appeal to, to the geeky side of you as well. This one, because this is, this is proper <laughs> tech geek stuff, right? So, so, uh, oh, and you know, we, you know, you know what? The camera is in a cardboard box. Remember the cardboard, cardboard box as well? I saw. I saw this. I thought you were going to love this. Oh, I totally love this. A cartoony, <laughs> cartoonify. Awesome. Yeah. So, 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 what well, this guy? This guy has uh, a, a cheap little camera module, um, which uh, he he uh, the sort of thing you get on a, a connected to a, a Raspberry Pi computer because that, that's what he's used as the basis of this thing. So he's built a little cardboard camera, and inside this cardboard camera is a tiny camera module and a Raspberry Pi. And what happens is that uh, the camera captures the image and then the the computer, the Pi, um, sends it off to Google. Um, and it uses, <clears throat> excuse me, it uses uh, some uh, 
uh, AI type technology. So it's um, an image recognition. Image recognition, yeah, image recognition, AI type technology uh, that you could, I mean, you couldn't fit it into the uh, in into the box, as it were. But you, if you could, it, because the camera is connected to the net, it can be sent off, and then uh, what happens is is that the uh, the there is a large image database. Um, that will recognize what's in the photograph you've taken and match that to some to, to uh, the large cartoon database. So if you've taken a picture of a person, for example, it'll look through all the heads and all the bodies and all the legs and give you that and then send back down to the computer a uh, a cartoon image that it's pull, pulled together from a library of, of parts, as it were. Um, and then what happens after that is that there's a little thermal printer in like like the sort of thing you get from you know in, in a um a, a cash till at a shop and you get a, a, and it prints you out on a little little receipt roll <laughs> it prints you out a cartoon of the photograph you've taken but that's all you get you never get the real thing you never get the photo this how cool is, so, is that this is very, this is a very 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 cool i like this a lot so a different I, abstraction I, layer on top of photography it, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, just to read a little bit from the website, it says the result is always a surprise. A food selfie, a food selfie of a healthy salad, might turn into an enormous hot dog, presumably because <laughs> it recognises food and just substitutes a food a food cartoon for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a photo for, a photo with friends might be photo bombed with it by a goat. <laughs> so that, I think the whole point is that. Um, uh, it, it is that the, the, there are some untrained um, uh, uh, the uh, some untrained stuff. Uh, that, sorry, let me. Go. There is a uh, a minimised um, library of of cartoon images, and so that the you know sometimes it's going to have to make a tenuous connection rather than a direct replacement. Um, so uh, it, it's fantastic um fantastic fun fantastic fun um it uses a technology uh for those who are really interested you can follow follow some of the links it uses a technology called QuickDraw, which is a which was a google project i, I believe from from my reading um and uh it, the, the library actually i say say um it was a smaller library but actually it says there are 50 million drawings in the library but yeah. i guess when you consider the whole of life and the whole of the planet that you could take photos of 50 million drawings is, is not so many and who knows what they're of um but uh anyway just just lots and lots of fun and i, I and uh I, I wish i could have one um they're they're, they're soldiers build build it yourself kits i believe so there, there's your diy project right there yeah yeah could 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 be lots of fun could be lots of fun anyway uh links in the show notes everybody go have a look at it um and uh and enjoy it wonderful wonderful so episode 38 of the future of photography cameras that eat more carrots is in the can and we'll be back in a week talking about lens multiplication Ooh, lens multiplication. Okay, that <laughs> well, sounds interesting. It, it is. Um, so, see you in a week. Take care. See you in a week. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Mm-hmm.